0: Yes, hi, my name is Dr. Lola Gershfeld. I'm a founder and CEO of EMC Leaders right here in Fullerton, California and where we help cultures thrive. And I love uh, doing my work because um, I developed the emotional connection process or EMC as we call it. To help companies and leaders and teams to work better together through the process of emotional connection. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Excellent, Dr. Lola. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, oh, please call me Lola.
1: Lola. Okay. Well, that's all <laughs> okay, right. Well, I see thank the, you. Let's the doctor in there. So I want to give no. Thank you. Props thank where, you. So nice. to do. That's for sure. So okay. yeah, Lola and I met through a very close mutual friend, probably one of my all-time best friends, Hector Garcia runs a company called MBN Creative in Anaheim Hills, California, and Hector will be a guest here on From the Heart uh, one of these days as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're happy to announce again, we've said this on a few podcast episodes recently, that the From the Heart uh, podcast is now presented by Orange Kiwi, a consulting firm that we work with a lot in family business. They've been partners of the Center for Family Business at Cal State Fullerton for a couple of years, And, and Dr. Allie Taylor is also on my board of directors for the Heart Leadership Group. We're doing a lot of work with family-owned companies now with the environment that we're in. And that's where Lola and I are going to go today is we're in an environment, as we all know, that's un- unlike anything any of us have ever seen. Uh, if, if we would have been told six months ago or eight months ago that we'd still, most of us, as you can see with, with Lola and with myself here working out of our, our home offices, yes. um, I don't think any of us would have believed it. I think for me personally, I was thinking, oh, this will be a few weeks, maybe a month, and we'll be back to work. But there's been a tremendous amount of um, emotional impact on a lot of people. And you probably can't hear it right now because they're downstairs. But my wife and I have seven grandsons, two of whom live with us with our daughter. Mm -hmm. And these seven grandsons, um, two of them, the ones that live here, have autism. One's Mm -hmm. nine, one is six. Uh, They're doing school here online. In fact, at this very chair where I sit is where a lot of uh, the work gets done with one, at least, of my grandsons, the older one. So I'd love to just dive in with you if I could. And, and you know we'll go anywhere you'd like to go, Lola. But the first topic that's been on my mind and why I've been really intrigued and, and um, eager to sit and chat with you today and have our listeners hear you as well is the impact on all of us through all of this. I mean, from employers who are worried about their doors staying open to feeding employee, to you know, taking care of their, their team, their staff and so forth and those families, to the emotional impact on parents as we and grandparents, in my case, try to, to school and teach our children and grandchildren, to the racial tensions that have been you know just prevalent everywhere in our country recently, um, to the election coming up in less than two months. And I think more than ever, there's more division this year than I've ever seen. I'm 56 years old, I've seen a lot of presidential elections in the last 36 years Um, and uh, this is by far to me the most divisive and just the uncertainty with our economy, I mean a lot of topics, we could go anywhere, so I'm going to let you just start with what comes to mind first. What do you, that intro, where does that take you as far as? Well,
0: first of all Ed, you are so, you're so right. About the uncertainties that is happening in the world, about the tension, about the emotions, emotions are in the air everywhere you go. So I completely agree with you, and I completely understand where you're coming from. Where you're saying, "Look, I have grandkids. Yeah. You know, I have grandkids, and how do we deal with that?" And the employers and the guests who come to my show, they're having difficulty. So, I mean, as you were sharing, uh, you have seven grandkids. I have five grandkids.
1: Nice. Excellent. So that's
0: it's kind of nice. More
1: than a football team combined. Yeah, <laughs>
0: right. And it's, it's interesting. I've been, you know, learning. I've been teaching the emotional connection process to my grandkids for the, I don't know, for the last five years or so. And it's funny how they learn how to apply it in their relationships at school, now, yeah. I'll just give you a quick example. Uh, my nine year old grandson, Noah, he um, calls me the other day and he says, Grandma, I had a disconnection at school <laughs> with my friend. At nine?
1: Wow, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> so, the first thing I think they, he's, they are learning the language of saying, instead of I got into a fight, I got a disconnection. Look at that, a disconnection. Wow. And he he's said, more after... emotionally
1: mature than I am. I'm 56, <laughs> and I'm glad I noticed it
0: that way. That's good. Yeah, but he said, after a few minutes, I came to the boy and I said to him, listen, I wasn't there for you then, but I'm here for you now. Wow. What do you need right now? Do you want me to give you a hug? Do you want me to tell how important you are? And tears started rolling down the boy's cheeks. And he said to Noah, nobody ever said these words to me. Nobody told me that I am important. And Noah gave him a hug and said that he's important. And he said that for the rest of the day, the boy was just next to him the whole day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's so often that's all we need to, we need to exactly.
0: We need to acknowledge that. And the teacher who was standing there, she and this is Noah is telling me all this. Right. He said that the teacher was standing there and she had grandma and she had tears in her eyes. <laughs> oh, wow. She said she never she never heard anyone talk like that. <laughs> And I said, Noah, how did it make you feel? He said, oh, it was great. We (laughs) were like, we were best friends for the rest of the day. (laughs) I
1: love that. And probably beyond the day too. He called you that night, but I'm sure that every day since it's been. Yeah, uh, and it has been.
0: And I think the simple statements, you know, you matter to me. You're important to me. I care about you. We forget. We forget to share those words and we get so busy. And I think this whole pandemic, Ed, really reminds us how important our relationships are to us. How important the support and the safety to being together, Yeah. how, well, imp- yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, well, I was just gonna say, uh, and I, I agree on relationships. What do you do? What, what, what suggestion would you give if there's someone watching or, or listening today on this show who feels like there's a relationship that at one point was really solid, but maybe because of the uncertainty, maybe we're seeing things differently. I've heard of a lot of families being separated because you got the pro-Trump, the pro-Biden, just to use that example that we all relate to, Mm -hmm. or you've got those that are like, hey, I'm sick of wearing masks, I'm gonna go in public, or those that are like, I'm not leaving my house. There is starting to be, not starting, there have, we've seen a lot of gaps in relationships in the last six months or so what kind of successes have you seen or have you experienced or just advice might you give where there is starting to be that chasm in, in relationships because of what's happening around us?
0: Yeah, that's a really great question. I love that question. It's a brilliant question. It's oh, well,
1: so, so, so timely right now. It's not my question. That's why it's brilliant. <laughs> I just repeated what I heard somebody else ask me recently.
0: You know, and uh, one of the things I think that uh, this process teaches and I, what I teach and the, the, one of the suggestions is to get to the human level, right? The human level, we all want to be cared for. We all want to know that our our opinion is valid. Our concerns are valid. We all want to know that um, what we experience is is okay to experience. It's normal to experience. And we we can be heard and we can be seen and it's okay to have differences of opinion and we can still care about each other. Sure, I think that's one of the things that we may forget in a moment of disconnection or in the moment of emotional distress. And one of the things that we know that is happening for us is when we get into this relationship distress, it's like, if you think of interaction as a dance, Emotion is the music of the dance, Mm. right? If people start to listening to different music, what happens on the dance floor?
1: It's very chaotic. Yeah, Yeah,
0: chaotic. You get people maybe leaving the dance floor. Some people are staying on the dance floor. Uh, Some people stepping on each other's toes or maybe hitting in the elbows. So all of that happening because we lose the connection. And uh, once we understand how to slow our emotions down and once we're able to work with emotions how to recognize and say you know and i hear you that must be really difficult for you yeah i get you i hear you your feelings are completely valid when you say that if people just take a moment to slow things down and to say those things to each other they're going to be able to get out of that negative pattern that they get stuck in and uh, a great example, if I may, about politics. You know, as as we talk yeah. about it.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to dive right in. By the way, there are certain <laughs> things we don't talk about, but here on the show, we just
0: yeah, if, you, just, if, if it's okay, yeah, like it you tell. Then, yeah. So my, my I have a great colleague. His name is Ramin Sadehi. He's uh, he lives in in Fullerton, and we work together. In fact, we did a webinar just uh, the other day. We really work really well together, cool. but we have a difference of opinion on politics.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. How I, I think that we we go through life not realizing that. I'm backing up. I heard a quote a few years ago that I love, and, and I'm gonna hammer it. I know I never get it right. I try to quote it all the time, so I'm probably gonna have to write it down so that I can memorize it and say it the right way. But imagine how happy we could be if we came to the realization that other people really do have our best interest in mind. Yes. People exactly. aren't trying to hurt us. People aren't necessarily trying to damage or anger us. Yeah, we push buttons and every spouse pushes their spouse's buttons or their kids and I get that that happens in relationships but for the most part we really do want want happiness for other people. Um, That
0: is so true and I think, Ed, you you hit the nail on the head which is that's what attachment theory said and uh, the EMC process is based on attachment saying that we have this long felt sense of connection this is our primary need we want to be connected with people we depend on we care about and when we get disconnected like like there's a sense of oh i have disappointed in you or we have we have a a difference of opinion we get into what we call a separation panic Mm -hmm. and how we deal with that panic is really defines our dance so here we, go, we have Ramin is my, my colleague. If he wouldn't tell me about this, he would start to feel more disconnected with yeah. me. But the fact he was able to tell me and share, Lola, my stomach turned. And I was able to say, Ramin, y- your feelings matter to me. Sure. You matter to me. Yeah, we have a difference of opinion, but that's okay. Yeah. We can have a difference. But I want you to know, I care about your feelings. I care about you. And And the fact that he was able to share with me, I feel like he cared about me and he cared about our relationship.
1: I like that because when we don't communicate with each other, what happens is we start making up details. Yes. I start assuming you feel this way because, well, you must. All Trump supporters are this or all Biden supporters are that. Exactly. Without that conversation, I think that's where we get into trouble on social media. It's so one way communicated and then, you know, you put something out there and then Almost like expecting people to just bombard you with negative and it's the pot stirring and you know. Yes, and it's it's emotions. Yeah,
0: it's all emotions.
1: Absolutely. Right? It's all
0: it's all driven by emotions. And I think people um if people just learn about emotions, like it's not only just frustrated we feel, but I, I often find out that I see working with like teams and, and with, with companies and people, that people don't have the language of emotions. And emotions are fast. They're supposed to be fast because they're supposed to save our life. But if we can learn how to slow things down, how to recognize the emotions, not just frustrated, but our softer feelings, like I feel sad. Yeah. I feel unimportant. I feel helpless. I feel scared. I felt hurt. Do you know that hurt feelings, and this is Ramin's analogy, I love that. If I can tell you about hurt feelings. <laughs> yeah, please,
1: yeah.
0: Hurt feelings. If we don't know how to talk about the hurt feelings and we don't heal our hurt feelings with a person who actually you know, got into hurt feelings, yeah. we start to carry those hurt feelings like in our backpack. And this backpack comes with us all the time. And the more hurt, and our society teaches us, oh, it's okay to carry the backpack. Yeah. But in fact, the backpack weighs us down. Because if we don't share our hurt feelings with people we depend on, with our loved ones or with people we work with, and we don't heal them, we become more and more disconnected from them. And we become more on guard do you do you recognize sometimes, Ed, when you you get hurt feelings, what happens to you?
1: Yeah, your guard just goes up, or your your trust for the person who hurt you. And I'm yeah. a big believer that I can't really hurt somebody else. That's they can choose to be hurt based on what I say, but I didn't intend. To, I mean, yeah, it doesn't yeah.
0: intentionally happen, right? Yeah. But so your guard goes up. What else do you do? Do you find yourself when you're hurt like more distanced? Or do you, find, do you find more complaining and criticizing?
1: Yeah, well, when, I, when there's communication, there probably is criticism and complaining, but most of the time, it's just I go into my shell. And it's just yeah.
0: Like,
1: you know, I'm a very extroverted person, so when I shut down, people around me can tell something's wrong because I don't shut down that often.
0: Mm-hmm. And well, it's really good. lonely, right? It's it lonely to, to when you shut yeah. down, when you're isolated. You, and isolation is really traumatizing for us. Uh, so in, in our process, in attachment, we kind of look at two different ways of people dealing with the disconnection. So some mm-hmm. people pursue, like where they complain, criticize, judge, they like, come on, let's talk right now. I want to I wanna pursue the connection. So they're mm-hmm. called pursuers. And withdraw people, some people withdraw, it's like, I want to preserve the connection. I don't want to talk right now because I don't know if we're going to get more disconnected. Sure. Right. So, so, so there's pursuers and withdrawers, and so I think once you learn about yourself, you can understand what do you do. So the more I pursue, the more I make the withdrawer shut down because they get more scared. The more they shut down, the more I pursue because I get scared when somebody doesn't want to talk to me. You feel rejected, right? You feel abandoned. You feel rejected. So you, people get into this negative cycle and they get stuck and they don't know how to get out of it.
1: So you brought up an interesting word and I jotted it down when you said it and the word is isolation. It's a yeah. word that we're all experiencing. You know, when, when we first, I, we, we joked a little bit before we came on the recording here that March 16th was the date. You live right near Cal State Fullerton and I work on, Cal, on campus at Cal State Fullerton. March 16th was the day that we were told that we'd be going home and working from home. And, mm-hmm. you know, the word indefinitely was not even really used because we didn't know if it was a week or a month or, or longer. I'm an extrovert, as I mentioned a second ago. And I, I think I made that snap judgment at the beginning of March, middle of March when I came home was, wow, this is going to be really easy for introverts. They're so used to the isolation of working from home. And this is going to be hell on those of us that are extroverts that need people And while I know there are truths to both of those statements from a lot of conversations I've had on the podcast and in meetings and zoom meetings with clients and, and family and friends that I'm still interacting with. I'm actually finding that for me, and and I'd love your take on this as, as the ultimate extrovert, I'm actually enjoying the isolation more than I thought I would. I like that quiet time. I like the, it's almost like I'm getting this breath of fresh air from 56 years of extrovert living to now say, okay, I've got six months where I get to reel it back a little and I'm enjoying it. And I'm seeing introverts who are, are actually really thriving in this environment or some that just can't stand it. Some, they're just like, Oh my gosh, I miss people. Not that I'm an extrovert, but I, I miss the normalcy. I don't like all these people in my space at home now. I need this quiet. What's your take or your observation on that? And, um, I guess the question, if, if you had a crystal ball, when am I gonna go nuts as an extrovert being at home for the last six months working? Is there gonna be a point that you expect that suddenly I'm gonna be like, I'm going crazy, I gotta get back out there? I mean, what do you see? What's your Yeah, question? I think that's a really difference? great but,
0: question. I think it's all comes down to the connection you have with people around you. Yeah. So I think uh, you're at home, maybe your grandkids are there your wife is there sure. maybe you have more time with them that kind of soothes your nervous system
1: yeah i love it i actually love that you know my wife and i have at least one meal a day sometimes three
0: yeah
1: i between i did a podcast earlier today and then i had some meetings on zoom and then i had a Quick little window where I actually went and sat on my bed and watched the Dodger game for a little bit, and then I went downstairs and played with the grandsons for a couple of minutes and
0: that nurtures your soul, of, right? A lot of different
1: variety in my day than I ever had, which is nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's very nice, and also that connection, that that nurturing, that you see the grandson, you can hug them, you can see their faces, you can you know spend time, you can uh, with your wife dinner. You know, that is all we need. That connection. Yeah. And that's soothing our nervous system. So, in fact, you're probably more productive because of that. You know, you're, you're less hectic because w- when you drive around and you miss those and you go out into your office, maybe you don't have enough time. And that is when you start to become more anxious. Yeah. And I think the people who are staying at home, if, they do, if they're stuck in a negative cycle with the people around them, like parents, you know, if there's parents or the kids, or, or there's stress and they, they don't really connect well in the terms of emotional connection, then yeah, everything becomes very difficult for them to do. And they just wanna run because they are seeking the connection.
1: What can we do with our kids? I'm, I'm not gonna personalize it too much to my situation because mm-hmm. I hear this everywhere. The, the concern a lot of people have I, I get that like at the so I'm going to go oldest to youngest here the the professional environment I work with a lot of family businesses as you know and everything was in person and yeah we had to shift quickly into the online zoom or skype environment but we're all doing that so we're all adapting I think together and there's you know there's clunkiness and there's how do I record this session like you and I just went through and things like that, that are certainly difficult. And that was a, that was an ed thing. It wasn't a Lola thing, by the way. Um, just so people watching know, she, she taught me how I can allow her to record this session. I know how to record them because I do it all day. Um, and then there's the college students who are kind of adapting to, you know, again, I don't I, I don't want to make this an introvert extrovert discussion, and sure, 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 sure. Too, but because I see it across the spectrum where, you know, the online classes have been happening for a long time prior to this Mm -hmm. already. A lot of Mm -hmm. college students have taken an online class or two or some sort of a hybrid class. The high school kids, I see it might be a little more difficult. You know, they're missing out on their prom and their baseball season and now their football season or homecoming or whatever the case may be. And then you go down to the elementary school level where they're really just learning how to socialize, let Mm. alone study and learn And then I take it back even younger to my grandsons to personalize it again for a sec. You know, the nine year old and six year old in my home are both autistic. And so special needs, it's very difficult. I'm finding anyway, from my observation and my daughter and my wife, and they're really the ones doing it more than I am. But my outside in looking uh, perception is that it's really difficult to see that they're getting the education. And it's especially difficult to see that they're getting the social that they'd be getting right now if they were in school. What do you feel like the impact of this is now? What, what what might they be thinking, these children today? You have a nine-year-old grandson, Noah, that you alluded to a moment ago. What do you, what fears as a grandma do you have about Noah with him? Of course, he sounds like he's in school now.
0: Yes, he's in school. But, uh, he's the, in Hawaii, what? yeah, but they already opened school. You know, Ed, uh, this is such an important question, what you're asking. it is It is pretty difficult for kids. Of not missing so they are much more agitated they're yeah. much more irritated what I think the most important thing Ed is for adults to learn how to get their emotional balance back so they can be there for kids so you as a as a man of the house right sure, you can sure. provide you can help them to gain regain their emotional balance by Recognizing how difficult it is for them, to your wife and to your daughter, how difficult it must be for them, how my, how strong they are as women to be able to take care of the kids during this time, how much you admire them, how much you love them, and give them hugs, right? Any. you want
1: to end this interview and get up and go out there right now and give hugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
0: think. I think if we can, we can. Get to the emotional level. I mean, think about it. When, they, when your wife is frustrated, when your daughter is frustrated, they don't need solution. They don't need a, another, uh, you know, for, for you to tell them what to do. Yeah. What they need is to tell you, to tell them three phrases I'm going to share with you. Okay. Okay. The first phrase is, phrase is, I hear you. I hear you. You and you have to repeat this over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I hear, I hear you. you. I hear you. Ah, that the second phrase is that must be really difficult. So I hear you. That must be really difficult. Hmm. And the third phrase you are so strong to be able to share it with me. You are so important to me. Your feelings are so important to me. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing.
1: Nowhere in there am I trying to fix anything. I'm just <laughs> nothing. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
0: No suggestions. No fixing. No solutions. Nothing. Just being there. And those three phrases over and over and over again. I hear you. You're, you're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna be the superhero.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's right. So yeah, I'm excited to to share this interview with all the. Well, all my friends, but uh, my male friends in particular who are probably running around trying to fix everything. Yeah, you, you hear about the DIY, the do-it-yourself, and we're all doing yeah. home improvements and putting in things in the house, and my wife's gardening like crazy more than ever, and,
0: mm-hmm. you know, we've
1: got new things coming up left and right around the house during all of this. But
0: um, Well, I think yeah. we forget, even I myself, I'm also, you know, do this mistake. We forget that we are the answer just being there with the person as they share their, their stress, we need to learn how to give that space to them, how to hold that space for them. So they feel heard, they feel seen, they feel valued, and they feel cared for. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we, we, yeah. You know, we have a little amygdala in our brain and this amygdala works like a radar, it goes like radar. And this amygdala asks a million-dollar question. And the million-dollar question is, are you there for me? Are you there for me? Okay. And I will will spell it out. A-R-E is an acronym for are you accessible to me? Are you responsive to me? Are you engaged with me? And this is all emotionally. Yeah. Are you accessible to my emotions? Are you responsive to my emotions? Are you able to engage with me emotionally? A-R-E. I
1: feel like I should be taking notes on all of this. <laughs> I am. I'm going to go back and re-listen so I can ask take notes.
0: Yeah. So if the answer is no or maybe, a person will get disconnected. That's so your job is to make sure that the answer is yes. 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 I am accessible, responsive, and and engaged. And if you use those three phrases, I hear you, that must be difficult. You are so strong and you are important to me. You will get those answers. Yes.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because as I start thinking of times in my life in different individual relationships and, you know, with my spouse, with my kids, with coworkers, with employees, with friends, when somebody, you can tell when someone tunes you out and that feeling of being tuned out and I'm guilty of it probably more than I've had it happen to me of tuning someone out. It's really, it's painful.
0: It is painful. You don't feel like
1: they're there for you anymore.
0: Yeah, they just left. They just left. They're They're physically present, but they're not emotionally present.
1: Yeah, and it's like the old adage, you know, I think Covey talked about in, in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People about are we listening with the intent of understanding or are we listening with the intent of responding? Yeah. If we're listening to respond, we're not really listening, we're just waiting for them to stop talking.
0: Well, Ed, you bring in a really good point because if we're listening to content, we're gonna wait for response. But if we're listening to emotions, we're gonna be emotionally engaged.
1: And we may not have to respond at that point. Yeah, We
0: don't, we, yeah, but we need to respond in some way, but we need to respond to emotions, like emotional response. So John Bowlby, who is the father of attachment, said that emotional responsiveness is what builds trust, safety, and secure bonding. Hmm. So when we learn how to be emotionally responsive to each other, we create nurturance for each other.
1: Yeah. So take me into this process, the are you there for me. I love it. I I have the answers in my head already now because of what you've just shared. But I've got these big four categories in my notes that I'm staring at down below my laptop employer, employee, parents, Mm -hmm. kids. Yes. And then there's the other, you know, but we've talked about that a little bit. So talk to the business owner now, if you could, because a lot of my audience, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they are. Most of them are family owned businesses. They're business owners and leaders. And a lot of them are concerned with two or three things right now. One is, am I going to be able to keep my doors open? Because this economy right now in these last six months has killed us. Um, two, am I going to be able to keep enough jobs for these families who've relied on me for all these years or decades, or in a family business case, generations, we have families that are generationally, you know, third or fourth gen now that have just thrived for 80 or 90 years. And now they're worried about, am I keeping my doors open? Can I continue to pay my, my people? Um, and so they have these concerns. What, what would be your, wisdom or your insight to that business owner right now who has those worries
0: well first of all i i want to tell them i i hear you it's really really tough and especially with family members and family businesses Ed, emotions get activated much quicker because we are dealing with our relatives we are dealing with family And we are so much more sensitive because we don't wanna disappoint our families. This is like a survival, life and death situation, right? When When we feel like we have made a decision that our family has been disappointed or they don't talk to us, that is so difficult for us to deal with. So even, I mean, with family boards, family businesses, it even more imperative that people learn how to, express themselves in a vulnerable way, in emotional way, in an emotional way, where they can come to, to each other and say, just like you said, wow, it scares me. I'm so sad that this happened. I'm so worried that this happened. When they start blaming or criticizing each other, then that's that's, you know, that's a negative cycle, that they are now losing the battle. They're going to be in conflict but i think um, as family members and family business owners can take a moment and to learn about the relationship will learn about emotions and take a take an online course that they, you know uh, to understand even right now i mean now is better than never sure. and to have the emotionless i mean just to have a language of emotions add, it is amazing how, how how much less stress you start to feel. Because when we don't talk about our emotions, we start to feel alone.
1: Yeah.
0: And aloneness is the worst thing that we can do. I mean, in, in the EMC process, we're obsessed with making sure that people do not feel alone. So we, we create a way of creating safety uh, you are really good in creating safety for people, even to talk, you know, you, you talk in a calm voice, you make people feel uh, comfortable here. This is what fa- business owners need to learn. They need to learn how to make people feel comfortable, how to create safety in their team with their families. And, uh, and I think uh, if they can look at it with an attachment framework putting their attachment glasses on and see, look, the reason why my dad or my aunt or my son doesn't re- uh, respond like that, not because he's angry at me, but because he feels scared. In any, dis- if, if, you, if you look at just primary emotions that we have, there are only four primary emotions, fear, sadness, shame, and surprise. If you can learn how to tune into one of those four emotions and when you talk to people, and when you explain what's happening, you're going to pull people closer, not push them away. Now, some people might not be able to respond, but that's okay. Sure. But at least you, you are eliminating the negative cycle of blaming and judging and criticizing and pointing fingers and then getting disconnected even further. So the first, yeah, so I, I want to encourage business owners to take the time and learn about emotions, how to work with emotions, sure. the language of emotions.
1: And to really listen. I, had a, I actually had a dream last week, and it was interesting. I've only shared this with my wife. Of course, who else have I seen recently? <laughs> I mean, it's not like I've been out in public. But um, I've taken a lot of, like, StrengthsFinder and Myers-Briggs and DISC and a lot of different assessments, and I do a lot of coaching in particular on StrengthsFinder. And one of the strengths is, I don't know how much you know about StrengthsFinder, but whether it's influencing, relationship building, strategic thinking, and executing. And I'm really strong in relationship building and influencing. And in my dream, I was in a big boardroom with about 30 people. And the assignment for like the next 30 minutes to an hour was, um, we want you to just interact with each other for the next 30 to 60 minutes any way you can. And then we're going to come back and we're we're going to debrief. And there was no assignment other than that. And at the end of that, it was about 60 minutes in the dream. At the end of the 60 minutes, the the facilitator said, who in the room was the most influential of all the people in this room? And, And not to make this about me, but some people pointed at me and then they said, well, why Ed? And they said, because he listened. And that has got me thinking, I shared that with my wife over coffee the next morning. And we both were like, wow, you know, that's that's such a huge lesson for me because I've been told I'm a good listener, but I don't think I am. And I think the people closest to me don't think I am, but out in the workforce, maybe a little bit differently. But I have noticed that in my life, the people who listen, who really hear me, who are there for me, you know, they accept, they, they you know, I'm already forgetting what the acronym Accessible is. Accessible, responsive, yeah, and engaged. Yeah. But those you are the you said the key the word, concerned. Ed. Before. You
0: felt heard. Yeah. People feel heard. Yeah. That's, that's, that's connecting emotions
1: and we influence more by listening than we do by speaking. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the, and you know, conflict is always lives in content. Conflict resolution lives in emotions.
1: Yeah. So conflict resolution, you took me into another area that I want to go. Um, What? I don't even know how to ask the question there are a lot of people out there making a lot of money teaching and and helping companies and individuals through conflict. Let's talk about the good aspect of conflict first. Why is conflict necessary?
0: Well, I think in conflict, uh, people feel maybe, um, get to the truth. You know, they say, Oh, we get to the truth. But I think is how you get to the truth. If in conflict, if you, if you have a healthy, you have, you can have a healthy conflict ideas, are grown in in conflict Uh, new i new options are, are viewed in conflict i think if you have a conflict if you have a disagreement and then you can still be connected then that's a good health healthy conflict but if you have a conflict and you get maybe Go into those ineffective strategies, as I call it, sarcasm or um, uh, withdrawing and shutting down, and you know not responding, or um, feeling like uh, you want to criticize or lecture somebody. That is an ineffective strategies of conflict. Then you definitely get stuck. But and sometimes you know we use these strategies in that moment because we don't know what else to use. We learned it as as children. But if it becomes a habit, then that's it, Ed. We are gonna be constantly disconnecting and getting further and further away from each other. So I think the traditional way I see um, what companies are doing in conflict resolution is they use content. They try to figure out who is right, who is wrong. They try to find a person to blame. Yeah. One of the things we do in this process, there's no one to blame. The big, ba- the bad guy is the negative cycle. It's not the people because we want, get to, p- uh, we want to get people on one side, be, be aligned together. And we say, look, you guys care about each other. This is important to you. This is your company. Yeah. And the reason why you're responding is because you care about each other.
1: Yeah, and oftentimes what I'll do too in situations, like I've done a lot of negotiating and taught, I've taught some effective negotiation courses mm-hmm. in the past and, and fairly recently, is let's first identify where do we agree? Because there, yeah. there might might Attachment 10, points,
0: there yeah, we 10 go. Attachment points, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, so you know the terms. I, yes. I know the you know the, you know how they teach it. I, I see the certificate from Pepperdine back on your wall.
0: Yes, I, yes. I did
1: my undergrad at Pepperdine as well. Oh, that's but, so great. Um, I, um, I I don't know what the terms are, but I do know that, so I'll look at, okay, there's 10 points. Look, look, 10 points, let's figure out where do we agree. And it may end up that eight of them were on the same page, and really we're just nailing it down to these two. And what I've learned from that is, okay, if we've learned that we can agree on those eight, it's going to be a lot easier for us to get to nine and 10 as well. Mm-hmm. so again that's so
0: true you, you do find a, a common attachment point, it but then oh, those two things that you don't agree i really go what is behind it
1: mm-hmm.
0: what is the meaning like what is it behind what are you feeling where do you get disconnected where did you got where did you get disconnected where you cannot see other options where you cannot be flexible you know yeah. when people get rigid that is when they're disconnected
1: yeah how do you choose who you do and don't Engage with professionally, whether it's an individual or a company, because I'm sure you have opportunities where you choose not to, for whatever reason, give, I mean, can you walk us through it all that? You know,
0: it's, it's, it's an interesting question. I, I, I don't think that I ever said no, but I think as, as long as people are open to go through the process and allow me to take them through emotional connection and sometimes people have to you know they have to i first do maybe an individual session then i then if, when they're ready i bring them together a paired session two people in the room and when these people are reconnected we bring the team, maybe three people, four people together. So Slowly, we create that safety and teach people the language. Really, it's really truly about tuning in and tuning into your emotions so you can share it in a safe and vulnerable way. Yeah. So I don't That's know. I, I never really turned anybody down Yeah, <laughs> because what- I know, Ed, people struggle. Sure. They're struggling. Yeah. I mean, I worked with one particular board member. He was very aggressive and he would yell and he would, uh, we, he would uh, really raise his voice. He was a military guy and he would point his finger and you know, go like this to, to his, uh, his sons in the board meeting. And I had to work with him. It took a little while, but now he gives them a hug. You know, now yeah. he can say, look, I, I feel worried. And that's a huge thing.
1: That is, that is. Yeah so you turn on the news and we're all guilty of this we see things you and i see things kind of similarly and i'm hinting at you know a couple of things here we we have the same perceptions i think politically a little bit um but that being said we see things on the news that are disturbing or we see actions out in the streets or in the communities or the cities around us in our country that are you know just making a a lot of us anyway shake our heads how do we why do we not let that get to us so much mm, i can't sit really and talk hard. to the guys on the streets in portland that are doing what they're doing no I'm but you can by.
0: reach you can, you can reach out to your loved one you can reach out to your wife in the moment right in the moment where fear comes in and says like wow i'm really scared what's going on you can reach out to your wife to your daughter and you can uh you know just for them to be there with you and say look we are right here together we are here together in this together You can reach out to your colleague and say, look, I'm really scared. And if they're able to respond, not dismiss your feelings, not say, well, don't be, you know, it's ridiculous. Don't be so scared. You're a big boy, right? (laughs) That's a big mistake that people do. But say, hey, I hear you. And you know what? I'm worried too. I'm scared too what's happening. And I listen and I just pray or hope that it's going to be okay. And we're going to make it through. Yeah. My husband works at Pepperdine as an adjunct professor there, and he was telling me that yesterday they had a town hall, uh, you know, Zoom meeting where they gave an update. And he said in the beginning there was a man who uh, gave a story, a religious story about soldiers um, in Jeru- uh, like in Jerusalem, I think, or somewhere. Um, and this, they there was a fight or there was a war going on. And basically God said to them, you have to walk around the, the wall seven times in order to, for the wall to come down. And they said like, how is it going to come down? Mm-hmm. Well, you have to do it. And yep. so they did it seven times and the wall came down, right? So I know this shall pass. Yeah. This shall pass. And we will figure it out. We, we need to, I guess, in our hearts, at heart, peeing
1: <laughs> <right? You> know, <laughs> me up for yeah. my final question coming in a little bit. Yeah, maybe. in our
0: hearts, we need to know that the most important thing for us is humanity. To be able to recognize that people are social bonding mammals, we need each other. We want to be connected. We care about each other. And yes, people have different maybe agendas or different ideas or different vision. But that's okay. All people have right to their voice,
1: I think. Absolutely. Has the purpose for why people reach out to you changed dramatically, somewhat, not at all, over the last six months? Are you seeing that people are reaching out to you for different reasons now or pretty much the same?
0: Well, I, th- I think more us, uh, more so of uh, teach us how to deal with this anxiety, you know? Yeah. Uh, we are making more mistakes. People are making more mistakes. People are so stressed coming back to work. What do we do type of thing? And so I think everybody's like the whole society has suddenly, uh, you know, gained awareness that emotions are in in our food in the
1: air yeah, really it's, right now. Yeah. it's
0: really heightened and i think learning how again learning how to work with emotions is a priority to say the how least. do
1: people reach you if they're going through something right now whether it's with their company their employees a teenager or a young adult who wants to talk about how do i deal with my parents or sure. i want to get ideas on how to work with my kids or in my organization what's the best way to reach you
0: Sure, yes, you can go, uh, you can email me, Lola at emcleaders.com. And our website is emcleaders.com. We have online training. uh, EMC course is an excellent course. You have have an introductory course. You have master course. You have train the trainer. Uh, We do individual sessions. And please, please uh, come and sign up for webinars. We do webinars once a month. Uh, talking about emotional connection, talking about how to do zoom meeting and emotionally connect with each other. Man,
1: that's a great uh, webinar right there, because I think that's one of the things that we, that I've known. And by the way, we'll put all your links in our show notes here on the thank podcast. So people know where to find you. Just yeah.
0: Connect way. on LinkedIn. I think we are, we are connected. Yeah. On, you and I are. Yeah, as well. we yeah, we are and we're
1: going to put this out on LinkedIn and we'll put all your social media connections on there too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, one thing that I've, I've read a lot of articles in the last few months about these Zoom meetings, and I think at the beginning, it was kind of cool. I mean, it was, the reason's never been cool why we're doing this. The reason's yeah. why we're all home and doing all of this, and I get that. But what's been kind of cool is, is for me, I'll have a meeting with three different clients in one hour, you know, even sometimes together, most of the time not. But it can take me you know, 30 to 90 minutes to meet with one, two, or three clients, Whereas that was a day and a half before. Yeah. Some client might be up beyond know, north of LA, another client could be San Diego, and the other could be here in Orange County or in mm-hmm. an somewhere. And um, you know, the beauty of this is now I can meet with them face to face, like you and I are doing. But that emotional connection is harder to do. And you get into these Zoom meetings where like right now, how my scene, screen is set up, I've got the big screen of you and the tiny little postage stamp up top of me. Because yeah. I don't, I don't want to look at me anymore. I'm tired of looking at me. I, if I want to look at me, i go look in a mirror. And um, I think I, I read an article recently that one of the anxieties that we feel is that we're not used to staring at ourselves
0: exactly. so much. Mm-hmm. And, that is uh, so true. That is so true, Ed. And I think, I think you, you have such a big heart. You really, uh, you know, you make people feel... Yeah, exactly. It's like in your name and it is right name. It is perfectly uh, fits you. I think as people know how important they are to each other, how much they impact each other, how much the other person cares about them as much as they care about the other person. This is what we forget. If they can just keep that in mind and know, just by by seeing each other's face, actually, it calms our nervous system down. Yeah, you know, we we can read our facial expressions in one hundred milliseconds. Do you know how fast that is? One hundred milliseconds.
1: No, I don't. And in another, process it. Yeah,
0: exactly. So quick. And then in another three hundred milliseconds, I can feel what I see on your face without you even telling me that. So I think people need to know how meaningful and significant it is to see each other, even on Zoom, when we cannot be in the same office together, how, how amazing it is that we have Zoom.
1: Yeah, we we always say, say what if this happened 10 years ago?
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. When we didn't have that. So we kind of, in a way, technology sometimes hinders our, you know, interactions. But in this moment, in this pandemic time, it really improved our interactions.
1: Yeah, I agree. Moments. And that has allowed us to have those interactions with people. <clears throat>
0: yeah, I have
1: some prospect. you know, I'll, I'll be on email with a prospective client and they'll say, well, let's connect next Thursday at two. Do you want to do zoom or a phone call? And six months ago, I would have every single time said on the phone or let's get together for coffee. Yeah. Every single time. Now I will say zoom. Cause I want to see the person. Maybe that's the extrovert in me, but like you said, it's also, I feel like I've gotten to know, I have, I've made new friends in the last six months on Zoom that I still haven't shaken hands with because I haven't been in the same room with them. Yeah. You know, one guy comes to mind right now, Judd Wallenbrock. He's the president of Charles Krug Mondavi Winery up in Napa Valley. Peter Mandavi Jr. was going to be speaking at an event in April that we were hosting at the Richard Nixon Library. But because of the pandemic, we weren't able to hold that event. Mm-hmm. But Peter and Judd, his CEO or his president, have joined in on a lot of the Zoom calls that we've done. And now I, I consider the two of them friends and we've never been in the same room together. And so, and I probably wouldn't have ever met Judd if not for the pandemic because he wasn't going to come here for the Hall of Fame. Peter okay. was. And so I wouldn't even have existed. And now we, we text and joke with each other like we're old college buddies. <laughs> exactly. You know? We don't like any of the same sports teams and we have all these little conflicts, but we share some similarities. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Exactly. So I think it of, also you know, brought us together close. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think I'm, I'm finding myself a lot closer to a lot of a lot of different people.
0: That's so true. Well,
1: I, I do have a, a last question I'll ask you in a moment, but is there anything else you're working on or anything you'd like for us? Our- yes,
0: we are working on the EMC research. Okay. I'm, I'm really excited. We just got together. The, the, I have an advisory research board uh, comprised with professional researchers. It's seven people. I'm so excited. We're going to be doing the, we're going to be uh, testing the effectiveness of the EMC training, EMC process. How well it works in work interactions. If it increases uh, emotion, uh, emotional intelligence. If it increases social ability. And we're already seeing in our beta testing. We're already seeing great results. I'm very very excited about Excellent. that. Yeah. So we here to
1: see more of that and share that wherever we can. Exactly. Let exactly. Me know how that how that comes along, and we'll. We'll get back in the same coffee shop here one of these days, I'm sure. We'll get Hector along and, and uh, look forward to that.
0: Yeah, well, we can definitely have more often Zoom conversations, yes, absolutely. right?
1: That's right. You know, we can have a cup of coffee over Zoom. I've done Zoom. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: We even did a Zoom wine tasting a couple months ago.
0: Oh, okay. But, you know,
1: is, we're, we're getting creative with the things that we can do. Yeah. Well, Lola, I appreciate your time. I, I know that oh, this was fun fun. busy schedule yeah. and you've got a lot, You've really helped me personally, hopefully one or two more people, if not more, that are going to be listening and watching. Yeah. And, and
0: then I, I want you know. to know how Im- you are very important to your wife and to your daughter and to your grandkids.
1: Well, I appreciate that. All the that. people I know, that, that you and that's, yeah, we. I, I am very, very blessed that way. We have four kids, seven grandsons. Um, my wife and I met in high school. Awesome. Uh, we were both married before um so really good people it just wasn't the right you know for lots of reasons So let me ask you a know.
0: question let yeah. me ask you a question sure. when um how often do you tell her how important she is to you
1: i think i do a pretty good job of that i really do I but really, making
0: I, explicit you what is her name Lori Ann, you are so important to me
1: you know, and, and we've studied the five love languages a lot. Yeah. She in particular, and she, and she shared with me. And so I have a better idea of, you know, some people, do, they, they respond better to acts of kindness or acts of service. Yes, yes, or, yes. yes. You
0: know, but making the, it explicit, yeah. I'll tell you, people she need is, it. This is very much making an implicit answer. explicit is really, really important. How important it is for you to hear that. Yeah. Ed, you are so important to me.
1: Yeah, the words of affirmation are more important to me. The acts of service are more important.
0: Yeah, to, to her. Yeah, exactly. She
1: sees that I love. That's her good. You, you, you,
0: yeah. you, She sees what she. Well, sees she comes what?
1: upstairs and I've made the bed, and oh, I done it well, which good. I don't very often, I'm really good <laughs> at it. But I, if I've taken the time to do that, or if I've done a little thing that I know that was weighing on her mind, that's how she feels it more. Yeah, else. that's good. For me, good. I like that a lot. But you know, just just tell me. I love. Yeah. Being
0: you know, yeah. Elizabeth that's perfect. so good.
1: Years,
0: no, and I totally. think that this is one of the things we, we are, I, you know, people say like, what is our responsibility? And I think one of the things that we're responsible for is to know how we feel so we can articulate it yeah. and then what we need.
1: Right. What do we that's need deep. at
0: this moment? What that's do we need deep. at this moment? Yeah.
1: Yeah. To be able to, to articulate what our needs are because it, it changes. And especially now, Yes. And sometimes my need is just like, you know, I've, I've gone downstairs from a, a long meeting up here in the office, and and I'll sit down and they'll look at me like, what? It's like, oh, oh no, I just need some three dimensional people for a minute. You know, <laughs> that's all. I don't need you to say anything or bring me anything or give me Exactly. To see around you. Because right yes. now, you're seeing flat faces on a, on a monitor. Yes. Just and then other times, you, I yeah. come up here because I just need to get away from the three dimensional people and just get yeah. some work done. So it really. It depends. So I have a final question that I ask all my guests.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: As you know, the name of the podcast is from the heart Yeah. for multiple reasons, the last name of course, but also, um, I, I I was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago by a young man that I, that used to work for me 10 Mm -hmm. years ago. And, um, he told a story about. Uh, so I'm leading. I'm leading up to my question by telling you. This. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure, sure, sure. He
1: he said he walked into my office and handed me his resume, and I and I don't remember this happening. I've heard the story, but I, I've done this before, so I know it happened. Okay. He handed me the resume, and I looked at it and put it over to the side and said, "That's great. I'll get to that, but sit down. Let's talk." Uh huh. The resume tells tells me everything about what you've done and what you want me to know about you, but what's really in your heart, I can only get by asking you. So Lola, yeah. doctor, Lola Gershkoff. I know you said not to say it, but I'm going to now. What's in your heart right now?
0: Love. My my. What's in my heart is love for people and love, and understanding that when people are struggling, it's really tough for them. So looking at people as struggling instead of bad, or problem problem person or a bad person he's struggling or she's struggling it's much easier to live like that and you can show up yourself much easier to do that so i think love for for, for you for your work thank you ed i love you. i love to be here i love the opportunity to share this amazing amazing process and i i hope that people take advantage and learn it because You don't have to struggle because when we're connected, we are much more happier. You know how when we are in love, we can change the world around?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: how when we feel connected with people we work with, we can change the world around.